0: Live. Hey, welcome to the American Liberty Wednesday night call. Tonight, um, uh, I'm going to just, you know, I sent out the email the other day about the up, uh, update in tax court, and yeah, you know, I want everybody to know, you know, a lot of people are questioning, hey, you're using Section 83, are you using, you know, what what you preach on the calls and everything, and and basically, no. I'm not. And the reason being, and I want to make it clear, that is what that's hopefully I get to the point where we fall back on that because I wouldn't have gone to tax court to begin with because I had the mindset like a lot of people think and it's a wrong mindset and I'm, and I'm very thankful for getting corrected on this is that why should I go to tax court? Why should I give them jurisdiction? Why should I bother arguing with with the you know article one court and and you know in the executive branch court and why should I do that and I'd be committing suicide and and all that which in actuality, I'm really not because the administrative agency must stay here they must stay here to the rule of evidence. You know, it seems like the rules of the court are more important than the law. And, you know, it's gotten to be presumption. You know, it's not about you got to be, you know, you are presumed innocent until you're guilty. It's not that anymore. It's a matter of throwing a presumption out there. And if you can't or don't know how to turned it around then you lost and that's a terrible way to have a court system but you know that's the way it is i i can i can groan and and complain about it like many people do but the fact is it is what it is until the day it isn't um i you know like the people in baltimore you know because it's snowing and you know they got a ton of snow on their sidewalks. Do you know that homeowners can be ticketed if 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 they don't shovel the snow off the sidewalk? I mean, give me a break. And and people and people um more or less should have that. If they're not willing to stand up and fight the government and get the local government to do what ought to be done, then they deserve everything they get. Because if you sit on your laurels and just complain and do nothing, it's you know, it they're, they're just gonna take over. Well with that said, when when I was when I met this guy Tom Smith and he you know, he talked to me about the computers and the GO the GAO office and um you know the government accountability office, well that is my best witness about computers, um, you know, the, uh, being in question. I mean, the, G, the GAO office says the computers are not to be trustworthy; they're not reliable, and they, they got security issues. Okay, well, I'm focusing on the security issue. Who put the <laughs> who put the bop in the bop shabop bop? But who put the information in the computer? for the mathematical equations to come out. And I can back that up if I have to, if I needn't be, is how do you use Section 83 to determine that I make gross income? And 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 not and let's not forget, I'm only named in the, sta- in the regulations. I'm not named in the statutes. And the regulations cannot deviate from the statutes. So I have... I have implemented a plan to fall back on as things go along. So, with that being said, um, you know when you when you go through a due process hearing, and this is important, folks. You know, people say you don't want to. I don't want to go through a due process hearing, and those are the people that are complaining they got liens and levies, and how can I get them off of me? What can I do? And little did I know prior to all of this the way to do it to get it off of you is have your 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 head screwed on tightly and focus on the elements of what needs to be discussed now if i didn't know if i didn't know about the computer in the g a the g a o office but I took it upon to go into tax court in and the due process hearing. I can guarantee you, I would use every letter of the book coming out of Codebreaker, the Section 83 equation, which you can find on wevgov.com. Okay? I mean, I'm reading that today. And, and, um, uh, And I'm going over every little detail. And again, I look up the court cases, even if Dave wrote it, I don't care. I got to look it up because it always leads to other court cases and, and makes you and and massages your brain to think about other things that would, that would enhance your understanding. So it's very important to do this research if you're going to get into this fight. And so, so, now what happened is when we challenged the administration of the you know through the due process hearing, they just threw out a blanket boilerplate letter. Hey, your argument is frivolous. Now if you got if if you got our information and you go on to wevgov.com dot com as the W E the letter vgov dot com, it's right there in the chat window. You can you and 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 there's a link I think for the um where you can get the frivolous arguments. There's several pages, I think there's like thirteen pages of frivolous arguments. You will not find the arguments that Dave brings up in his criminal complaint. it may you will see some things that look like it might be a frivolous argument, but when you get to the meat and to the heart of it. They skirt around it. You know, they use the verbiage and smoke and mirrors to get around it. But they don't do it. And the other thing, we've done this too many times. I did it in front of a grand jury. We're doing it with people that are – that. Are allegedly going to get indicted, and and they and they send they send the paperwork into the grand jury and and the government and all that, and it winds up they don't get indicted. The only couple that did get indicted, excuse me, the only few that did get indicted is because they didn't do what they should have done to get what they wanted to have done done, and so they did get indicted. And I don't know where where they're going from that uh w- what's happening in in a couple of different cases, but I guarantee you without a doubt they didn't do what they should have done and that's and that's nobody's fault but their own okay and um and but they can recover if they if if they get up and and do what they need to do but a lot of people get scared and and their knees get bruised from knocking and 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 so forth so anyhow they sent this boilerplate letter i contested the boilerplate letter that you know the frivolous the my argument is not frivolous and what you're saying irs agent is that the Government Accountability Office is a frivolous? They're frivolous. I didn't. I didn't say the computers are not trustworthy. I did not say they're they're not reliable. I did not say they have computer uh, uh, security issues. The government did. My best witness. My best evidence. The government said it. So now, the the when I went in the tax court. You know, there was a, you know, my petition, they responded. And then the tax court on their own motion asked for the determination letter that um, that sparked us off, you know, that I should have gotten. And the response from the government was. We have no such letter. After due diligence and search in the records, a letter of determination was never offered. Well, you know, there's case law that says they got to have a termination for the tax court to have jurisdiction. So I'm thinking the jurisdiction, you know, the court's going to come back and say, hey, we don't have jurisdiction to hear this matter. Well, you got to go back. And go have a determination hearing and and the uh, and the uh, a due process hearing and and get a de- determination letter. I said, you know, so we're waiting on that, and that's what we think is going to happen. So when that does happen, now now is the time, and whether whether I'm going to be able to do it or not, and you know, I have some issues with. Uh, that I'm not gonna bring up right right now, but um in in regarding to today's email, you know gross income is started by title twenty sixty one a now if you did not or you don't wanna take the computer issue. You can start off with the e- email that you that you got today, and it comes right out of the code breaker, the Section 83 equation. This is why David's flash drives and the book is so important to get, because it goes through page by page, item by item, every element of law, how the law is to be applied. For taxpayers as well as non taxpayers. Because if you're not a taxpayer, then the rest is history, right? So it goes through, you know, Title 26, 61A, and then 61A defines what gross income is. And then you'll see that it wasn't hard for them to talk about you know, what is to be deducted or what is excluded from gross income, like the rental value of a parsonage, you know, the, the gospel. Uh, if you're a preacher, you know, your home is furnished, your, your pay is excluded, the whole nine yards. They can show an exclusion there. But wait a minute. The code in 61A starts off with except As otherwise provided by the subtitle well what I just mentioned before that was about the preacher that is mentioned and provided in the subtitle what is to be excluded from gross income well now you can go to section 83 and go from there and again I'm not going to get long-winded about it but you know it's in there it's right in the book It's on the website, and people need to bring other people and start educating yourselves because the more you get focused and you get away from these arguments about, oh, if you get Federal Reserve notes, you're, you're, you're hooked in, you're tied in with a sinker and hook and all this. And I do want to mention that on every check, that i deposit i do have a stamp that i do put on deposit for credit on account or exchange for non-redeemable federal reserve notes i put that on every check whether it works or not i have no idea it sounds good it re it relates to statutes in in title 12 section 411 but you know, they don't follow the law anyhow, so what difference, like Hillary says, what difference does it make? Well, the the thing of it is, like I said, if you they they, they it appears by by what I'm studying and reading and I'm reading three different books at the same time. Section eighty three, which I always read and then administrative law is not is uh unconstitutional and then I'm reading the uh teacher's book on federal e- evidence the rule of evidence and um good stuff too and and you get some of the stuff in the emails that I'm learning but uh, but the whole point is if you get away from arguments that you have to prove and turn it around and argue what they have to give you an answer to because you're willing to pay all taxes, interests and penalties. I don't have a problem. If if I owe the tax, I will gladly pay it. But the law matters, okay? If 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 if, if I have to obey the law, it's equal you have to obey the law too. And here is what the statutes say, and so where Where is it in the statutes that I am, I am listed? My, my citizenship is not in Section 1. And if you're claiming I'm a citizen of the United States as defined in Chapter 2, 21, and 23, we have a problem. It's obvious I'm not that citizen of the United States. And, uh, and, and I'll stipulate long enough that I'm a citizen of the United States as you find in section 1.1-1. Then my question is, is that the same citizen as mentioned in chapter 2, 21, and 23? I don't think so. But correct me if I'm wrong. Tell me. I want to know. The inquiring minds need to know because I want you to get off on my back. So that's, that's a kind of posture, the kind of attitude, the kind of learning, please get away from this, you know, federal and I'm not saying those arguments aren't right. They they they're real. They are. They they are real as can be. And 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 so forth, but you lose. And you don't want to lose. You want to be a winner, don't you? You want to win the arguments, don't you? Then why argue arguments that you have to prove in lieu of turning it around, put the law in their face and get them to say, now, we're not talking about Federal Reserve notes. We're talking about taxes. Now, either I'm liable for the taxes or you're liable for crimes of extortion. It's got to be one or the other. All right? It can't be both. I can't owe the taxes and you be an extortion because if if I owed the money, you wouldn't be putting a gun to my head and threatening and intimidate me. You would just show me the law and say, here, Chris, here is the law. This is what it says and pay up and shut up. But they don't do it. They would rather hide behind protective orders. They would rather hide and and not answer the questions like we see in South Dakota and like we're going to see in South Carolina. So with that being said, I just had to say my piece. I've been reading these emails all during the course of the week. I don't want to put anybody down for them. I think everybody's entitled to their opinion. But don't try to force, you know, show me. I mean, I think, I believe I have a couple IRS agents on my list because they constantly sending me this crap about, you know, uh, about uh, a, a citizenship and, and you know, try to get you off to you know, it's like Quatloosh. You know, they, they, they try to. Finagle me with words and everything, and 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 let me tell you, if it ain't on point, I'm not reading it. In fact, I'm not even going to respond to it. And and um, so you know, I just want you guys to know that that you know there there there's people out there that are giving half truths, and what you want is all the truth. And here, when you can read and listen to Dave Merlin, and you can read where he studied his where he got his research and where he got his knowledge, his ed- education. And he is willing and has given his life to educate us and and let everybody know. And I'm trying to raise money to get this in the hands of every accountant and every lawyer in the United States. It needs to be done. It has to be done. And we need to start taking control of our government from your local city all the way up to the state. Forget the feds. Take control of your city and state first. Take care of your home first, and then go out and look to your neighbor. So with that being said, I'd like to introduce a longtime friend and a great partner in, in this is Dave Merlin. Dave, are you there? Thanks, Chris. I'm back here at American Liberties.
1: Um, for the purposes of today's call, you really want to listen closely to this. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. The reason I say that is twofold. I've got to give you a disclaimer. But secondly, Chris began the call today about uh, what he will not argue in tax court. He will not argue my findings in tax court because the law doesn't matter. And so what he's using is a traverse first to say that uh, your records are inaccurate. The Government Accountability Office says so. See how that turns the table? They're relying on certain evidence, and he's got the government itself admitting that their evidence is incompetent. And he starts there. And there's a guy with an approach that uses that in tax court. Anybody that's heard me speak before in the last, you know, several years, you know that I focus on criminal, uh, possible criminal charges or uh, existing criminal charges, and I don't do liens and levies. I don't do anything on the civil side. So what happens in tax court happens without me. I have nothing to go to tax court with. I don't do tax court because the fact of the matter is, even though tax court and the circuit courts and the IRS general counsel say that Section 83 explains how to tax all compensation, you mention it in tax court and they'll penalize you, okay? So America is a sewer where the law doesn't count for jack squat. And so Chris isn't arguing the law in tax court. We already know what they'd do with it. And I don't tell anybody, here's what to do. The only suggestion I have is that you establish a home business and accumulate through the course of business all the allowable deductions that H&R Block says the IRS will let you have. And you do that to reduce the amount you ultimately pay While we all know it's not taxes, it's extortion, but this keeps you out of having a permanent relationship with a government that thinks the thing to do is to spray Iraq with depleted uranium ammunition so a generation of babies die in the womb with radiation poisoning. How are you going to win an argument with a government like that? I'm not stupid. And the word stupid brings me to an email I got this week. Uh, These are people that don't have a right to their own opinion. Uh, Not only are they selling a curriculum, but they're lying about me in the same sentence. And you don't have the right to lie about somebody. And these people are from outer space. A name that I'd heard before, but I really didn't memorize the name. I didn't commit it to memory. Albert Barcroft. Uh, who wrote a roll of toilet paper that is kept right beside Pete Hendrickson's roll of toilet paper, Cracking crack in the code. His is called the, uh, let's see, the book that was never written, something like that, uh, about citizenship and the income tax. And he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I tried to edify, as somebody out of the blue sent me an email uh, where, that went to about 20 different people and uh, he's telling people certain things and telling me certain things because I was a recipient of the email, and I simply won't be told a uh, a greatest, or uh, I won't be told uh, something's the greatest story when, in fact, it's garbage, when I know the end result is a bunch of good people will be leaned and levied into poverty with penalties and interest. And so now I'm not going to stay quiet. I've worked with too many victims of the movement uh, than to sit on my hands while people spew a bunch of trash. They are not researchers. And uh, what I did was uh, they make these claims about citizenship and gold and Federal Reserve notes, such as... uh, Let's see. Um, I responded with... uh, The 40 case excerpts that you see on wevgov.com, federal income taxation page, about claiming to be a non-resident alien. 40 cases state you're wrong, you're a citizen of the United States, and these don't include tax court. Uh, To include tax court, you may as well lump another 1,000 or more decisions in with these 40 that are from federal courts. Uh, that you owe the Section 1 tax because you're a citizen of the United States and this regulation identifies you as a subject of the tax, 1.1-1. And I gave him those 40 cases. I said, secondly, uh, this list does not include decisions in U.S. tax court, which have to number in the thousands, and I'm unaware of any decision that says one is subject to 26 U.S.C. because they elected to be a subject. Uh, for this reason, I feel the presumption that one has an election to revoke is negligent at best, and here is the burden you'll have to meet and overcome when claiming to be a non-resident alien from a memorandum written by a U.S. District Court chief judge in an action attempting to quash an IRS summons. And I gave, I pasted in the text of that uh, decision written against a couple that tried to vacate a summons. And the judge gets into how you're not a sovereign uh, citizen from the federal government. Here's your state constitution. Here's why. And here's why the federal government has taxing authority in your state. And here's why Section 861 is not a reliable argument for you. Uh, you spent a lifetime, a moment in the statute and a lifetime in the regulations under the statute when if you had read the statute more closely you'd see that it expressly includes in gross income compensation paid to a non resident alien. Just humiliates the argument, pulls the lungs out of it, and roasts them on a stick over an open fire. It's that bad. It's bloodletting. And uh then I go on, uh they were talking about Mr. Trowbridge's uh case. They sent me some links to so if anybody's familiar, he went to the Supreme Court on the u s citizenship argument saying i'm not a citizen of the u s mr. Trowbridge's reliance upon some unknown election's existence and his ensuing approach or attempt to revoke same is what I feel and indi- is what I feel an indication of frustration due to a limited scope of his research yielded no logical conclusions. How does one elect to pay an income? Uh, an income tax that the tax code doesn't even impose. How can anything collected by distraint or force be, by any stretch of the imagination, a gift? Spare me. Inasmuch as you cannot escape the grasp of the patriot movement community and its patently negligent tendencies, I must insist that you not include me in any future mailings, email or otherwise. I can't afford to associate for one minute with Uh, Anyone engaged in folly, such as the Patriot Movement. Signed, Dave Merland. And they grab me by the horns, and they think they're riding me with uh, their next salvo, uh, which indicates they never did the research. Uh, Let's see. This is kind of lengthy. Dave, some very good points, but I think you are missing the main subject matter. There are no more states. They disappeared when they broke their pledge in Article, Article Section 10 of the Constitution. They meant to say Article 1, Section 10, a contract, when they made something other than gold and silver in payment of debt. Really? 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 They're already off the reservation. The states are not states anymore because they deal in Federal Reserve notes, is what they're saying. Well, in 1992, uh, reflecting on the Federalist Papers, which the Supreme Court does often enough, when the federal government tried to require, I think it was, uh, they tried to require New York to accept nuclear waste from another state's power plant, Uh, New York took them to court and the Supreme Court said you can't do that. New York's a sovereign state. And so right off the mark, uh, I know these people don't do research. They don't read case law. And if you want free seminars taught by judges, you read case law. So that's when they lost statehood and became insular possessions of the United States. A citizen of the United States is a political, not geographical standing. Oh, that's why all of this chatter about where you were born or where you live is such a crock. There are 23 titles. Uh, Only some have been enacted into positive law. 26 and 27 have not, blah, blah, blah. Uh, There is only one way to become enslaved by their rules. Take a social security number. You then receive all the benefits that they offer work privileges, bank accounts, loans, social security, retirement, and disability payments, and so on, as your consideration. But you must pay consideration also. The consideration you agree to is voluntary compliance with all the U.S. code, thus becoming a citizen of the United States and subject to its code by consent. This is a moron. You receive all the benefits, so you owe the tribute. How does Section 83 operate in your conclusion that a tax is imposed on me? Secondly, or even more primarily, Social Security is a provision of Chapter 2 and 21, Self-Employed and Employee. What's that got to do with Chapter 1, where they say citizens of the United States are? These people don't even know the difference between the Social Security tax and the Chapter 1 tax. The presumption when you enter a courtroom is that you have a Social Security number or wouldn't be there. Or you wouldn't be there. See Erie Railroad case. You will note that in all the cases you cited, not one of the defendants ever denied having a Social Security number. That's why they lost. No, they lost because they claimed to be a non-resident alien and not a citizen of the United States, and the court had a different opinion. Having a Social Security number doesn't make you a different citizen. Having a Social Security number and having been issued a card is just one of the trappings of the fraud committed by the U.S. government that deprives you of the very limited definition of uh, citizen in Section 3121E, FICA, and 1402B, Chapter 2, Social Security Self-Employed. There, they deprive you of statute to assign the number to you. It's not by agreement, it's just a trapping of fraud so they can extort Social Security from you. They go on. That's why the US is the only country in the world that collects tax from its citizens on the money made outside of the United States. That's also why residents pay the tax because you cannot become a resident without a social security number. Uh, What you should want to be is an American under no contract to waive rights. I got an idea for you. Go read the definition of contract. First thing it says is a meeting of the minds. You can't have. a secret secret contract. It has to be a meeting of the minds. Whatever is not disclosed to both parties doesn't exist. And so these people are all over the map and they don't know what they're talking about. And the response to that one was uh, from uh, somebody else on the list. Uh, This might be from Albert himself. It doesn't. If you have a social security number, Uh, you owe the tax on gold or anything else. That is the contract. If you don't have a Social Security number, they cannot accept the tax even if you want to pay it. They've concluded that the tax code imposes a tax. I can prove the tax code does not impose a tax on compensation or on the capital gains of a citizen of the United States. So they don't even know what the tax code says, and they have all these presumptions. These, All of this arises from a presumption that enforcement is legitimate, and so they look into areas of law to say, oh, this must be what they're doing. I must have signed a contract. I must have uh, collected a benefit, so I owe a duty. These are presumptions. Don't presume anything look at what the law has to say, and then look at what they're doing to you. It's not valid or legitimate at all, and these people think it is, and then they justify it with past conduct. The social security number is the tie that binds one to the code, and it must be by your consent. Failure to object and rebut the presumption is consent. Anything you demand under the code uh, is your consent to be governed by the code. You cannot exist on both sides of the railroad track. You will be cut in two. Law and code cannot coexist. Trying to mix them is deadly. Whew, wow. The rabbit holes are infinite. Uh, you go down these rabbit holes, you be in there all your life because these people don't know what the hell they're talking about. They have no clue. And this is Albert Barcroft that wrote a book, and we're going to get to a particularly inflammatory uh, excerpt from this email uh, straight away. Uh, Here's something written in response to that from Albert Barcroft. To get a bank account on a trust, the trust must have a taxpayer identification number. To get the TIN, a social security number or other tax ID number must be used. All money is still traced and tax-charged. Spouting that the tax code does not impose a tax is frivolous and certainly patriot BS statement. You impose the tax on yourself through your actions or lack thereof. Okay, anybody that has my work, you've seen an annotation, and you have at this point uh, to choose between the Supreme Court and Albert Barcroft. It's that simple. You've seen an annotation, an annotation that has Hassett versus Welch, Spreckles uh, Spreckles versus McCain, I think it was, Um, a bunch of other cases. It's a whole annotation of Supreme Court case law that says a tax must be imposed by clear and unequivocal language. Where the construction of a tax law is doubtful, the doubt is to be resolved in favor of whom upon which the tax is sought to be laid. The Supreme Court didn't say the tax is imposed by virtue of the fact you volunteered into it. The tax is imposed by virtue of the fact you acted a certain way. You engaged in a certain pattern of conduct. No, the tax is imposed by clear language, statutory language. Statutes impose the tax. FICA is imposed by 3101. Self-employed Social Security is imposed by 1401. The graduated income tax on compensation and other forms of gross income after deductions is called taxable income, is imposed by Section 1 of the tax code. Those are three different taxes. If I'm self-employed and I'm an employee, if I have a a home business, but in some time of the week I work for an employer, maybe part or full-time, and my self-employment at home engaged in a different business, so I got a business at home and I work for an employer, I'll be paying Social Security under Chapters 2 and 21, imposed by 1401 and uh, 3101. And I'll be charged uh, a tax under Section 1 of the tax code in addition to those two. If all I am is an employee, I'll pay Chapter 1 and 21. If I'm just self employed, I'll pay chapter one and two. Taxes are imposed by particular statutes in clear language, according to the Supreme Court. And Albert says spouting the tax code does not impose a tax, or spouting that the tax code does not impose a tax is frivolous. Why? I'm relying on the language of the tax code. How did Section 83 operate in your conclusion that the tax code does impose a tax? He's never heard of Section 83 because he hasn't read the tax code. It's in the tax code. If you read the tax code, you come to Section 83. I wrote a book on it in 1994 and a year and a half ago, added 30 pages to it of an epilogue to bring it up to date and published it. You can have it. It's on wevgov.com on the products page. I'm the only one in the world in the known universes who teaches section 83. And when you look at the federal income taxation page on the website, you'll see a bunch of cases that say section 83 explains how to tax all compensation. And I'm the only one in the known universes that even mentions it. H&R block, enrolled agents to the IRS. Uh, IRS agents don't even train on it. Nobody does this but me. And yet, The IRS General Counsel Revenue Ruling 2007-19 says Section 83 provides for the determination of what is to be included in gross income. So everybody tells me Section 83 applies to everything you make when you sell your labor. This guy's never heard of it. So what's the difference between him and me? When I found Section 83, I went to the law library and looked up 70 or 80 cases maybe closer to 100 cases and read all of them and I found a whole bunch that said it explains how to tax all compensation if he read the tax code and he found section 83 he ran right past it because he has no statutory arguments just a bunch of assertions about well you took a social security number so you owe the tax well what an idiot Even if I have a Social Security number, how does Section 83 operate? In your conclusion, I owe Social Security. It's an income tax. Section 83 applies to all compensation, so it applies to Chapter 2, self-employment earnings, and it applies to Chapter 21, wages, because those are compensation for services. He can't even reason this far. Uh, Let's see. This is... uh, see. Dave was issued a social security number and has a bank checking account that has no social security number attached to it. Uh, I don't know where they get that. Uh, Nobody knows my business, period. Uh, Email him and let me know if I am wrong. Well, You're wrong. Uh, Now, this is the one that's particularly inflammatory, and I flew off the handle at him uh, and used the symbols on the keyboard, you know, in the upper line. You push shift, and you got the uh, percentage sign on number five, the dollar sign on number four, the pound sign on number three. And I used a bunch of those instead of actually spelling the profanity. You'd have been proud of me. Uh, Here's where Albert says, I have a bank account with no Social Security on it, but it took a major lawsuit to get it. And I doubt it could be done again after the passage of the last Patriot Act, which in essence killed... Title V, Section 552A, that's the Freedom of Information Act, uh, the statute that I used to sue on. If Dave has a Social Security number and is making money, whether Federal Reserve notes, gold, silver, land, or anything else of value, he owes a tax on it. There are many who do not pay the tax and never get caught, but if they come after him, he's screwed. Uh, That much is true, but it's not a tax. I don't owe a tax because of a social security number. That's just a number they use to track people and they're going to steal from you under any chapter they can get you on. But I know they have to go through section 83 first and that's what they avoid. So he's still totally off the mark, but anybody that gets caught, they're screwed. They know right where I'm at and It's a matter of not wanting to come and catch me on it because it's not a matter of being caught. I'm in their face. They can have me any time they want. He goes on, I have researched this entire matter for at least 30 years. I've had as many as five paid researchers working on it. I have used what I found in court dozens of times, always successful. Well, I got news for you. Um, I looked up a case where the judge says his status he claims to have as a sovereign is imaginary. So he's a bold faced liar. He goes on to say, I have seen droves of idiots professing what David is doing, going to prison wrong. Chris will tell you since he met me 2007, 2006. Uh, and it. It's been that way since 1995 or 1996. I tell people the best you can do is start a home business and gather the allowable deductions that H&R Block says you can get to reduce what you pay the IRS because the law doesn't count. It's what I've always told everybody for 20 years. And so he's still lying. If anybody went to prison doing anything relating to me, they were in trouble when they met me and there was no saving them. You can't predict corruption. However, before an indictment is obtained from a grand jury, Chris and I have had great success in probably over a dozen instances where people we know would have been indicted had they not Jo- become a co-complainant to the uh, uh, criminal complaint I filed with 80 members of Congress January 1st of 06. It's 10 years old now. Uh, similarly situated people have been indicted and went to prison, but they didn't join my findings. When you join and you, you learn a couple of arguments, you're somebody that has a good faith misunderstanding of the law, the government would say, but it's a perfect understanding of the law, that no tax is imposed. That makes you not willful. Willful tax evasion, willful failure to file. Willfulness is having a legal duty, knowing and believing you have the duty, and failing to perform the duty. I can attack number one. There's no duty to believe in. Citizens of the United States are obviously not Chapter 2, 21, and 23, which leaves just Chapter 1, and there is no statute identifying the citizen in Chapter 1. So they wrote a regulation under Section 1 of the tax code that says citizens of the United States owe this tax. It's just a regulation. Where's the statute? 16th Amendment says Congress can lay and collect this tax, it has to be a statute. So your regulation is in violation of the 16th Amendment because it imposes the tax on me. See how I just boxed them in? And when you hit them with this argument, they can't take it. And secondly, even if I were subject to the tax code, how did Section 83 operate? Your conclusion, I owe any of these taxes on my compensation. All property is a cost under Section 83. They can't deny it. And if you haven't read the tax code, you don't know about this argument. Like Albert Barcraft has not read read the tax code. But here he is reading it to the 20 people that received this email. I have seen droves of idiots professing what David is doing going to prison. They weren't doing what I'm doing. They were doing something else and they got in trouble then went to prison. People that argued this way in advance of the indictment do not typically go to prison. You can't prevent everything. You can't predict corruption, so I'm not going to claim 100% success, but when you've seen the IRS shut down criminal investigations and the DOJ abandon grand juries because somebody has subscribed to these findings, it speaks very loudly. In the chat, LT says, Dave's stuff helped me stop a criminal investigation by the IRS three years ago. It also helped me get the uh, South Dakota Department of Revenue off of me, or uh, the so- uh, South Carolina Department of Revenue off me. So if somebody's actually on the chat who got a criminal investigation to cease because of what I do. So this person is just throwing, excuse me, feces at me when he doesn't know what I do, doesn't have any knowledge of the tax code, has never read any of my arguments, And just feels free to spew a bunch of crap about me. That's why I avoid the Patriot Movement like the plague. They're a bunch of piss ants that, if you contradict their mythology, they just throw a bunch of crap at you. Because everybody's wrong but them. How do they know? Well, because they didn't have to look at the law to come up with their conclusions, they didn't have to read any Supreme Court case law. Isn't that neat? He goes on, if you wish to follow this insanity, it's your life. But if I was you, I would want to see at least one case that was won using that theory. I can show you hundreds that were lost. You want to talk about busting a bubble? That happens when they slip those handcuffs on you. Okay. So if you wish to follow this insanity, it's your life. But if I were you, I'd want to see at least one case that was won using this theory. My victories come in the form of a case having never been commenced. So I don't have docket numbers that I can point to because I prevented the indictment. Because Chris prevented the indictment to even start. Chris went before the grand jury in January of 2007 with this approach. Never heard from him again. He was the first one to do this. And then he learned everything I do to put these jointers in place with Congress and went on to help a bunch of other people avoid indictments. So I don't have a case I can point to. I got LT in the chat to say, yeah, the criminal investigation was shut down. Hell, that's a victory. If you've got a docket number to point to saying this is a victory, excuse me, what led to that docket number? You got indicted, you were arrested, you're fingerprinted, palm printed, stripped, put an orange jumpsuit for uh, waiting for the hearing to determine whether or not you'll be let loose pending trial. You might be held pending trial. Uh, They're going to seize everything you own so you can't afford an attorney. They appoint an attorney that's utterly feckless with no working knowledge of the tax code to defend you in a criminal trial where your whole future is going to flap in the breeze along with your ass to be... uh, disposed of favorably or unfavorably by a jury of strangers is that a victory that's a close call if you're acquitted but you still spent how many months in prison waiting for trial or if you're released pending trial you'll still have an ankle monitor on you have to go in every week and pee in a cup in front of a stranger this is a victory to this guy Because he says, if I was you, I'd want to see at least one case that was won using that theory. What theory are you talking about? He's never even read any of my arguments. What theory? I just showed you 40 cases where your theory about citizenship lost. Let's see here. Um, There's a court case that was very interesting uh, for different reasons, but in particular, uh, I want to give you the docket number. The judge says this status he claims, this citizenship he claims to have based on Dred Scott um, is a fantasy. (laughs) It's imaginary. That's what the judge says. It's imaginary. (laughs) And so... Uh, yeah, that's the one I got to claim. Uh, so anyway, very interesting. And, uh, needless to say, I chopped him off at the ankles with my rebuttal and demanded a a retraction and an apology. Doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. No clue. And thinks he's God's gift because he wrote a book and had paid researchers paid researchers, okay, the IRS doesn't even train on Section 83. How many of them are paid? How many tax defense lawyers out there and taxpayer advocacy firms like H&R Block, they don't even know about Section 83 and its relevance to all compensation for services. And they're they're in the business. They're on TV with advertisements for decades. So the fact that you paid researchers doesn't impress me. You're talking to somebody, me, who actually did the research. And look what I came up with. A hell of a lot more than your paid researchers, so it doesn't move me one bit that you paid people to research the uh, tax code. I rebut. I hereby demand that you patriot movement morons, you freaking monkeys, Retract and disavow the lies in the message directly below. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has gone to prison or lost a case because of anything I've recommended, period. This is why I avoid you monkeys like the plague. You cannot be taught a single thing, and you libel anyone who makes a claim contrary to your own mythology. You are liars, thieves, and morons. I have recommended since 1996 that one start a home business and establish and exploit all deductions the IRS will allow, according to H&R Block, to reduce the amount one pays the IRS. Unless and until you show me somebody who went to prison because they followed this advice, you're a bold-faced liar. Since 2006, I've prevented no fewer than one dozen indictments using my 1994 treatise, Suck on that, monkey. In 2006, an accountant and IRS enrolled agent of 33 years verified my entire analysis of the tax code and signed under penalties of perjury that it was valid in every way. Your lie exposes that you believe you know more than somebody with those credentials. You've never even read the tax code as evidenced by the fact you are utterly unaware of 26 USC 83 and you dare throw bleep at me, monkey. I've spoken to victims of what you call your research for over 23 years under indictment in prison and after prison. I demand a retraction and an apology immediately. David R. Merland. So, the Patriot Movement. And uh, this went out to about 20 people. And they had sent me several messages over the last couple days despite my request I not be included. and. Uh, then this one had a bunch of lies in it, and so I throttled them right back at 20 M, It's been silent since. I haven't received another email since <laughs> calling him a liar. So uh, just another slew of reasons why I avoid the patriot movement like the plague. And uh, I don't have to get into a whole bunch of little slice and dice arguments that you see in the movement. Um, It's, uh, there's a lot of chat. I don't have time to go through it all. I apologize. Now, to grab the chat, I don't know if everybody's aware, you can go to chatgrabber.net, chatgrabber.net, and type in my show number, which is 59615, or, no, I'm sorry, Chris's show number, 87488, and then type in the date or the number of the episode, and you can recover the entire chat that went on. Uh, let's see, let's see, guest number nine had 50 cases in the past 30 years and, uh, routinely gets insulted by dummies who have never set foot in the court, right? Uh, and I know a few fools have, who have no clue what to do when arrested. Uh, that's right. So, uh, one goof actually went on to defend himself against the IRS and screwed things up so bad, he took the public defender halfway through the trial. Guess what happened? He went to Club Fed for five years. You have to do your work before you're indicted because once they get the indictment, the judge is in charge, and they'll do anything they can to make sure you go to prison. It's the judge's job. So these people don't even know the nature of the adversary. And they have all these prescriptions about, well, you got a social security number, didn't you? Well, you made an election someplace. You better revoke that election. What a pack of morons. (laughs) So um, I don't have time for them, and I certainly can't afford to associate with them. And you see right out of the blue what somebody's willing to say about me when they've never read a word I've written. And I went and uh, I read the relevant part of uh, the book that was never written or the story that was never told or something like that by Albert Barcroft. And uh, he's an idiot. I mean, just a blithering idiot with a bullhorn. And how do you deal with somebody like that? So I had to spank him. And I have not received an apology or a retraction, which leads me to the punchline, everybody. Uh, let's see I'm going to uh, paste his email into the chat, and if you think he's mistaken uh you're perfectly entitled and are hereby encouraged to uh send him a piece of your mind, Albert Barcroft, spelled just like it sounds albert barcroft at gmail dot com and if you think he's wrong Uh, send him a demand that he apologize to me. Demand that uh, he tell you how Section 83 operated and his conclusion you owe a Social Security tax just because you got a card. So uh, he's out there creating victims and throwing crap at me when I throw a million cases right at him to prove that he doesn't know what he's talking about and he doubles down. So anyway... Again, none of this is legal advice. The law doesn't count, but the jury does. That's where I work. I put enough in place uh, by educating you and providing you a vehicle to join the complaint that I filed in Congress 10 years ago as a similarly situated complainant to crime. You complain about crime to Congress, and you've made my complaint and supplemental memorandums, your complaint and supplemental memorandums, you then can wield them in your own defense and impress the taxing authorities long before they commence criminal charges or uh, an investigation, convince them that you have a belief in the law that no tax is imposed. And they then know you are not willful if, in fact, you fail to file or fail to pay. That's all I do. I don't do anything more than that. So with that having been said, Chris, question and answer for today. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Got a lot of people on the call. I assume plenty of these are uh, new folks to the call. And uh, I sure appreciate you taking time out of your Wednesday to join us for this hour. And uh, I see Western Washington State down there. I think that's going to be Dawn. And Don has taken my findings and incorporated them into an administrative approach. And he, in fact, has had a lot of success with liens and levies uh, using my findings and an administrative approach to shift the burden to the IRS, just as Chris uh, had explained uh, during the beginning of the call today. And uh, then there's plenty of others. I don't recognize the names. Uh, Gary Jacks, Michael Morris, uh Osbo Gosley, I think I've seen your name maybe on a call, but it has been quite oh, he's not even on the call anymore. Um, and then we got a few others. Uh welcome to the call. My name is David Merlin. Remember, if today wasn't your cup of tea, there's a whole archive here at 87488 that you can download and listen to me speak on topics that don't concern the Patriot movement. I'll explain plenty about the tax code and then my own show, No Confidence is on TalkShoe here at 59615. Write that down. 59615 has an entire archive of calls where I touch on uh, many more topics than just tax law. And I've got a terrible attitude. You're going to like it a lot. And uh, those calls, of course, you can download there off of 59615. And uh, that's where I, I record a call here at my house or I record a lesson at my house and then uh, upload it to TalkShoe so the quality is better instead of over the phone like this. But uh, I hope you enjoy the archives.
0: Okay, Chris, anybody got
1: a question or an answer?
0: Yeah, I I deleted a couple guys that just put nonsense in the chat. Um, uh, I'm assuming 13 will be uh, one of them. Uh, The... uh, yeah, Don. Uh, Don Gronn is has left the building, I guess. No, here he is. Hi, Don. Don. Hello, it's Mike. Oh, Mike. Excuse me, Mike. I'll I'll, mu- I'll mute you back up. I thought you were Don. Good to yeah, hear from right. you.
1: Yeah, good to good to hear you guys. I don't get it. A- catch you guys live very often but uh i'll have to get myself a talk show account i guess so you know who i am
0: yeah anyway you guys have a good uh good evening we'll see you later thanks for the thank show thank you Thank you very much thank you mike okay the um uh, is there is there any um stop muting me uh you're all doomed see that's why i'm muting you guy in fact i'm going to mute everybody out and that way uh hate to do it, but, you know, one kind of spoils the whole thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah,
1: you tell – hang on. You tell somebody that you've prevented a bunch of indictments and they say you're all doomed. Everything yeah. is a – it's a waste of time. Yeah. Give me a break. I was – they misread me. I was speaking to Americans.
0: <laughs> you know, the um, – I do want to say in in all honesty – and And I know a lot of people on the call. I talk with you a lot um and you know we share information, and I share a abundance of information as I get it and One of the things that I never ever want to do is give you information that would lead you to a wrong direction I mean that'd be like. Somebody pulling me over and saying, "Hey, how how do I get to such and such place?" And I purposely, you know, show them, in, you know, the wrong way. And 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 I see a lot of people in this movement or in this world or whatever you want to call it, are constantly putting case law out there that does not apply. I mean, they're they're quoting case law and the case, and when you look it up. There's no such quote. The quote is not there, and um, and and it's sad that uh, that people are doing that. And that's why I said that you know I think they're IRS agents. They're they're people that are purposely you know just want to give me a hard time because they get their frolies that way. I don't know. I don't have the answer, but I do know that David is right on out of all the people that I listened to over the years, it's he's never misquoted. And, and I've challenged him. I, I would look up a quote and I can't find it. I'd say, you know, Dave, you quoted this and you can't quote, and I can't find it. And, and sure, sure enough, he'll, he'll get it from where Google may not have had it, but another research tool found it. And so... You know, I I do my due diligence, like I said, I want to read it, and most of the info. Now I am guilty sometimes of passing on information that I didn't check, and so and I try to make a little thing. I did not confirm this, but sounds good, but um, but not not very often do I even do do that. But I stood in front of the grand jury. And I and one of my biggest problems I realized then back in 2006 one of my biggest problems is I know too much. Yeah, I was arguing the UCC and I did a copyright notice. I got it you know on the public record. I did the de- declaration of domicile, which I believe in. Okay, um, the the declaration of domicile and. Um, and I've done, you know, uh, oh, a host of many, many, many things, you know, uh, the UCC contracts and, and the whole nine yards. And, you know, and wanted to argue the old cap's name, although I could never understand it. Mainly what I could never understand is why somebody would write their name, colon, uh, and then their middle name, you know, you know, like that has some significance, and when you look back into history, I never found any king, queen, or any sovereign power signing their name like that. So where did that hey, come Chris? from? Yeah, guess
1: fourteen is gone. Why don't you uh release everybody from the block on the chat okay
0: um, and 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 i and I often wondered. Where did that come from? You know, and so um, and nobody could really articulate how that came about. Oh, it, it sounds good, it looks good, but nobody can art- Nobody can bring it out. Now, somebody on the call said, "The one who makes the claim." Um, wait a minute, where was that? Uh, busy rate. Reach um uh, uh, the initial burden is always on the plaintiff. That's right, and uh, the 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 plaintiff is the proponent. He has to prove, and this is why this criminal complaint is so important. I mean, I and this is where I was getting at when in two thousand six I had to decide which way I wanted to go, and when I talked to Dave Merlin for the first time. I was convinced I knew which way to go. I could forget about the all-caps name. I could forget about the orange flag. I could forget about the Federal Reserve notes. I could forget about the UCC liens. I could forget about the copyright name. I mean, there was a lot of things I had to dump. I had a lot of luggage I had to dump. And I only stood on the criminal complaint that was sent to Congress and the joiner that I entered into the records and the and the criminal complaint and the joiner that I gave to the grand jury, I was blessed to get a whole to get in front of the grand jury. I mean, I was blessed all the way, and when I got there, I went through the criminal complaint I only went through one or two arguments, two at the most and but that's all I needed, okay and And then I turned around and looked at the prosecutor, and I said, "Now, if he can't you know he they won't answer the questions. The questions are right here, okay, I have the burden of proof, right? I became the plaintiff. I did a counterclaim right in front of the the grand jury. People say you well, we can't do a counterclaim in a criminal case, and you're right, you can't, but you can show why." I forget exactly what it's called real quick, but um, you can show why that you didn't file. I didn't file because there's no law requiring me to file. And when I bring up the law and then ask them questions pursuant to the laws that I brought up, they won't answer it. So I want you, Grand Jury, to ask him the questions, and if he can't answer it, here's a list of crimes that I want you to to charge him with and get off of my back. I didn't say it like that, but it's fun. It would, would be nice. And, and all he did could sit there and, and be red in the face, and he sent me home. Then I go in front of the judge, After he lied to the judge saying, I refused to do the exemplars. I didn't refuse. I just asked them to ask the guy the questions. And the judge tried to intimidate me knowing that she knew two other people prior to me going there that she sent to prison. She knew I knew these people. The judge is supposed to be not biased, right? And and the judge says, you know, you're 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 following the wrong path. You know, you're going to go to jail like like uh, you know a a and b did, and and you need to get you know you need to get an attorney. I just sat there and calmly said, Your Honor, on two different occasions, I sent you a copy of the criminal complaint that I sent to uh, Congress and uh excuse me a minute i'm getting uh i'm getting warped here um and and you seem to ignore that but but become complicit to their criminal activity and and everything froze i mean she froze and she turned around she said you can handle that in june now earlier Months ago, I brought this up, and I never thought about it, but Dave interjected, and here the grand jury hasn't even indict me yet, and she's got me going to court in June. So you can see it was a setup. You can see it was all planned. You can see everything is ready to go, but I spoiled it because the grand jury never could bring in an indictment When I had evidence on the record that it'd be impossible to say that I willfully failed to file. The fact is I didn't file. Yeah, go ahead. uh, In
1: in closing, let me offer another comment along the lines of something you just said a few minutes ago, which was uh, if you couldn't find something and you had a question about it because you saw it in my work, I was always able to uh, verify. in, I don't know, probably 2006, maybe 2007, I met a guy in California. He tuned into a string of conference calls that I had every week. And he had been a court watcher and a Patriot Movement follower for many years and always went to court and watched their people go down in flames using UCC and it's a contract and the rest of all
0: the good garbage the movement uses. And
1: uh, he heard me on a couple of calls and uh, he told me this later on uh, after he asked to be my promoter. Uh, I said, so he started tuning into these calls and he said, yeah, uh, my first impression was you got to be a great big windbag asinine egotist to think you can make the the system move like this. The law does not operate like this. This guy is so full of himself, I can't believe it. And then he went on a rampage, basically, to disprove me and found out everything I say is in case law or in statutes, period. And that's when he asked to be my promoter. So he went a full 180 degrees from his first impression of me where he's seen all the best. He's listened to all the best. Richard McDonald, uh, uh, Erwin Schiff, everybody else. And he was out to get me. And so he would go look up everything I said on these conference calls and then he asked to be my promoter. And one day, uh, you know, I talk a good game and he could, pr- he could hear that it was offense and it was all substantiated and asked to be my promoter. But he says he didn't really understand the power of it until a certain case came up where uh, <clears throat> he uh, got on the phone with me with a guy in San Mateo County, California, went to Superior Court and got arrested for contempt of court. And I got the facts from him. It was a false arrest. He shouldn't have been arrested. The person found guilty of contempt has the right to allocute. It's a due process right, meaning go easy on me or I'm not in contempt at all, whatever you can do to mitigate the punishment for being in contempt. And the judge didn't give him that opportunity and instead put him in jail and extorted $800 in bail for him to get out. And then they called me on the phone on a Tuesday afternoon and I said, uh, Uh, do you have a copy of the hearing? They said, yeah, it's on a cassette tape. (laughs) I said, where do you live, a museum or something? No, I'm just kidding. It was on a cassette tape, and I said, overnight it to me. And by Friday, I was emailing them documents to file. And uh, the next Tuesday, I think, was his next hearing. And the documents that I wrote, Uh, with exhibits was a state criminal complaint against the judge and three deputies, a federal criminal complaint to serve on the FBI uh, against the judge and three deputies for kidnapping and under California Code, assault and battery, extortion, and then an affidavit of prejudice to file or a uh, notice of claim to file on the county for false arrest, saying I'm going to sue you and then an affidavit of prejudice to put on top of all that and file into his case to get rid of the judge. And the following Tuesday was another hearing, and uh, the, the judge came in. He said the judge looked like she was tied to a plank upright, just totally stiff, came out and robotically sat down in the chair and said, Mr. Centraletti, the court wants you to know that your rights will always be held uh, at, of the highest importance in this court. We always look out for your rights. I'm going to recuse myself from this case. The next judge will be Judge So-and-so. And she stood up, turned stiffly, and walked out of the courtroom. And that's when Craig says, you know, I didn't understand. I, I could hear the offense, but I didn't understand what kind of power you could wield when you know what Dave knows, but I saw this judge traumatized by the criminal complaints and the affidavit of prejudice to where it was obvious the system got shocked by the pleadings that I wrote for this guy to file. So, anyway,
0: uh,
1: as an example of, can I verify what I have to say? I lived on a steady diet of case law for years. You can't read too much case law, and I've read easily in excess of 4,000 decisions. education you get from having done so is an education directly from judges. Case law is a slew of free seminars. Go read case law. Instead of doing your own research, if you want to get right down to it, you observe the results of somebody's research like one of my memorandums, that's the result of research. Go read the cases that I cite for an idea of why I cite those cases. And you've started your education. So uh, let's wrap this up, Chris. Thanks, everybody, for joining the call, and thanks for your kind words in the chat. I sure appreciate it. And uh, on Saturday, I'll be on 59615, no confidence, at noon Pacific. Hope to see you there.
0: Chris? Yeah, okay. And and in in the future I think that uh it will be helpful guys if you get an account at um on Talkshoe. You don't have to do anything, it's free and it's really easy to get an account where you have your name and that way I I uh be able to recognize it and I'm gonna start muting other people, you know, I'm gonna start muting their chats if I don't know who you are. Uh, on the future calls cuz we don't need interruptions like this. I mean, this is, you know, just a, a nimble so. Okay, with that being said, look guys, there's 94 million people out of work. There's 94 people that need a 94 million people that need hope that make, you know, they have a job to earn a living and feed their families. No nobody was you know, in their childhood said, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a bum. You know, that ain't going to happen. We all have a desire to at least be able to feed our family, to get what we want when we want it and, and without questions. And we have ways of doing it. And if you want to hear about it, please email me and let me give you Dave's link. And and we have crowdfunding where we can help people raise money that, you know, you don't have to borrow it, you don't have to pay it back, there's no interest on it or anything. So, you know, I, I am here to do whatever I can to help people in any way that they can be helped, if I can do it, okay? So, God bless America, and this call is officially over.